baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. I'll tell you what the Rewind recap is. Yeah. Dewey's brought us some pizza. They brought one of the new oh Cuban gosh. pizzas in. My Lord. Dewey's is so good. It's, uh, so it's got the, the, the ham on it mm-hmm. and pickles. Yeah. Pickles. You're it's like, pickles. No, it's Cuban good. Cuban pizza. Yes, yep. it's Cuban pizza. Cuban pizza. Wow. Ham and pickles. Let's go Dewey's. Can that just be the rest of our segment, us eating pizza? I, I'm in for it. I mean, I love Dewey's Pizza. It's been too long since I've had Dewey's Pizza because my brother used to get it all the time. Yeah. Like, all the time. And I think I just kind of mooched off, what... of my, off my brother's, like, just buying extra pizza. There's the doc. Is it the Dr. Dre? Is that the name of it? What? It's really good. The pizza. I hope that's Dewey's. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know what you're talking about. But I do know this. I think we should just eat this pizza for the rest of the of the segment. Kind of like we did on the Glover show the other day where we ate that chicken. Oh, yeah. It's the Dr. Dre. That's such a good pizza from Dewey's. Oh. But we're talking about the Cuban one. But anyway. Cuban's good. Cuban's I, good. Do you like a Cuban sandwich? I do. They're, they're great. They are so great. And have it on pizza? Never even thought of it. There's Fantastic. a place in Hoboken that makes the best Cuban sandwiches. Well, and right now Dewey's is making the best Cuban pizza. That's that's settled. It's right there. We also on the show today, mm-hmm. um, we spoke with Matt Pauley. It's kind of how we started things off. After we we described the deal done between the Teamsters and Anheuser-Busch, they have a settlement. We described it? We described it. <laughs> we described everything about it. We described that they're getting a raise, they're getting pension, they're getting a uh, uh, increase in their health benefits. Vacation? Vacation time. So Anheuser-Busch... The here's Teamsters we, are not going to go on strike affecting 5,000 workers, so that's good news. Here's what we described. St. Patrick's Day, plenty of beer. Plenty of beer for St. Pat's. That's the crisis we averted. And then we talked to Matt Pauley about the newcomer on the Cardinals, Brandon Crawford. Yeah, reaction's been good. We talked to him on the day that he was signed. They did an introductory press conference uh, with him, and he seems very excited to be here. The Everybody who will tell you will tell you he's coming in to be the backup shortstop and nothing more than that. His job is to... Uh, be the backup to Mason Wynn to play maybe a day or two a week, maybe be a bat off the bench, but he's not going to play other positions if all goes according to plan. He's not going to be taking any playing time away from Wynn. He makes the roster work a little bit more. Tommy Edmond doesn't have to start worrying about coming in from center field to play shortstop a day or two if Tommy Edmond's not healthy by the time the season gets started. They've got a plan at shortstop behind Mason so uh, Mason Wynn, who's, who's going to be the starter, they got Brandon Crawford back there. Tommy Edmond, yep. uh, it, as we, we talked about, um, don't really have any idea when he's going to be available to mm-hmm. play. May not be ready for opening day. So yeah. uh, that's Matt Pauley. Cardinal Spring Training Baseball continues and today. he threw the Marriott under the bus. He did. Saying that they stole his shoes. We had a text message earlier when we were talking yeah. about Matt Pauley's stolen shoes. Now, again, here's what happened. He went to a beach, 
He put his shoes down. By He by said the, it was in a public place, but I think he was using Marriott Beach property. That's he came, what it sounds like. He came like. back and the shoes were gone. Yeah. And he said someone from the Marriott said, oh, we took them to put them in Lost and Found. And somehow uh, during that journey to the Lost and Found, his shoes were gone. Yes. And then it turns out that it was really his fault. Yeah. I think. And... Uh, I don't really understand what his problem is, but a text message came in mm -hmm. and it said, a fool and his shoes are soon parted. <laughs> that's true. As the saying goes. Don't put goes. your shoes down yeah. in a place that's not yours. Right. Also, Greg's store is the Bloomberg Supreme Court reporter, and he joined us today to talk about their decision to hear the Donald Trump immunity case. Donald Trump is in better shape on this than he was 24 hours ago, no question about that. 24 hours ago, there, there certainly seemed like a possibility the Supreme Court would just turn him away, and that would mean that Judge Tuckton could move ahead with trial plans, and then we would, would have certainly had a, had a trial uh, sometime, you know, starting sometime in the, the spring or summer. Yeah, I mean, right now, it could be viewed the Supreme Court deciding to hear this case, granting a writ of certiorari on the Trump immunity case is a victory for Trump because it buys him time. Things take time. You're not going to hear the arguments. The Supreme Court is not until the end of April, maybe a decision out in May. If they move quickly, then you have to give Trump time to prepare for a trial if, it, if they go ahead with it. And the idea of the special counsel being able to prosecute Trump in a trial before November and really before Labor Day, which is kind of that cutoff date. Yeah. I, I That seems like a stretch to me, which means then the elections could take place before Trump sees his day in court. Now, we did also talk to CBS chief Washington correspondent Major Garrett, and he had a slightly different take on that. The Supreme Court could have decided and let everyone know weeks ago that it was going to hear this case and it didn't it took its sweet time and then scheduled uh oral arguments a good deal of time later look this case is not an un unknown case it was briefed meaning briefs were submitted at the district court level and before the three judge appellate panel in the district of columbia the, the supreme court justices are not missing any documentation about the underlying arguments here. It's all right in front of them. They could have made a much more rapid decision about whether to hear the case or schedule oral arguments sooner. Well, I mean, the ultimate thing here is, especially for people who are um, concerned about this and concerned about what Donald Trump might do if he wins the election, and then a trial starts after and he's convicted in that trial, the concern is that he'll never face any punishment because he'll pardon himself. And the jury still, I'm not trying to use a uh, court term, but the jury is still out on whether or not he can even do that. When we talked to, to Greg Storr about that, he said that's to be determined. We don't know if he can actually do it, but that's what people are worried about. Yeah. And I think it's a legitimate concern. I don't think we want a president to be able to pardon himself if he's found guilty. None of us would ever have that luxury. Yeah. We can't pardon ourselves. I don't. I just don't think we would want that. Yeah, I, I'm afraid that, well, I don't want Trump to be president again. I really wish the GOP would get their act together and put Nikki Haley up, who I strongly believe could defeat Joe Biden. But that aside, Trump is most likely going to be the 
Republican nominee, the Republican candidate, if he were to win, I I fear that just all of this goes away. Like he doesn't even have to pardon himself. That it's just going Maybe. to filter out because then you have a sitting president and how does this work? It feels like we're at the beginning of the end for the January 6th and the immunity case. Feels that way. And there's a reason Donald Trump is very happy today after that decision. Our interview with Major Garrett is there on the Odyssey app. Greg Store interview, Matt Pauley's interview. It's all there. The Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, totally free. So you should go download it. You can listen to this show live. You can listen to the podcasts when the show is over. Individual interviews, if there are certain segments you want to listen to, you can do that. And Cardinals baseball, that's very important. If you're physically in the St. Louis area at the time, you can listen to Cardinals baseball on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Also on 98.7 FM and 1120 AM and KMOX.com. Amy got, saw a bit of news yesterday that uh, really irritated me. Yeah. I found this very irritating, and it has something to do with a Democrat in this country. And I am, what in the hell? <laughs> we'll talk about it when we come back on KMOX. All right, Amy, wait till you hear this nonsense. Okay, I almost said a different word than nonsense. Are you serious? Right, yeah, I'm just... Uh, Tomfoolery? So when I saw this report yesterday, yeah. my thought was, come on, dude. Come on. This can't be, like, let me read it. Let me look into it. Let me see mm -hmm. if this is not what it seems. But it appears to be every bit that it does seem. Okay, let me just tell you my thought when I heard it. <laughs> because it's so fitting... And unsurprising. Go ahead. Well, I didn't have that thought. So Bloomberg reports that uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom. You remember Gavin Newsom, the one that shut down his entire state and then spent $800 a plate at French Laundry, the super fancy hip restaurant, when everyone else was stuck in their homes and parks were closed and schools were closed? Yeah, yeah that guy. Yeah. That guy. It's not like any governors have had worse infractions than that. Um, but I and, – and this is the thing. I, I do think – there's there's part of me that believes he might ultimately at some point be a decent presidential candidate. <laughs> he's he's very well. No, seriously, he's he presents himself well when he speaks. And that's a thing that's very important to people is is how a guy talks and whether he can articulate his point. Mm -hmm. Clearly, all, all we're talking about now is the two presidential candidates can't articulate no, their points very I, I well. Didn't laugh. Here's a guy who does it and he's very good at it. Well, okay? I didn't laugh because. He won't be president. I'm laughing the laugh of the damned because I think he will. Well, I don't know. I, I mean, and, he's and I don't got know that the been, looks. He's got the demeanor. I yeah. think, and I do. I mean, it's a popularity contest. We'll see. And I don't know if he will, actually. But um, And I don't know that it would necessarily be a bad thing. But I think he's a legitimate uh, presidential candidate in the future. It's not going to happen now. Bloomberg reports on the heels of a law that was passed in 2022 in California called the Fast Recovery Act. Mm -hmm. Part of that act is uh, minimum wage workers, fast food workers, will have to be paid a minimum of 20 bucks uh, per hour. Okay? So they're going to get a bump. Now, this applies to every fast food chain except for chains that make bread. <laughs> Okay. Except for chains that bake now, bread and sell it as a standalone item. Now, why does this matter? 
We all know Panera, which yep. is St. Louis Bread Company. Formerly. 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 Uh, Panera bakes bread. This will not apply to them. Why does that matter? Well, one of Gavin Newsom's friends is a billionaire by the name of Greg Flynn, who is a franchisee. He owns several of them in California. So this He's the person, largest restaurant franchisee in the United States, if not in the entire world. So this man uh, did donate to Gavin Newsom's uh, campaign. I would imagine he's donated to a lot of campaigns around the country. And typically, uh, let's just be honest, billionaires, if they're donating to Democrats, they're also donating to Republicans. It happens all the time. Elon Musk does it, for example, just because they want to have all their bases covered. They want to be able to say, hey, I donated to you. Make sure you're friendly to me. This just feels like a a thing that was it, it's a totally unnecessary unforced error. Is this the biggest deal in the world? Absolutely not. Have governors and politicians around the country done worse things? You bet your ass they have. But this is so this you know what it feels like? It feels like something an alderman would do. An alderman in a small town taking a little bit of a kickback or something Mm -hmm. so that uh, he can put a stop sign in front of his buddy's house or something. It just, it seems so ridiculous and unnecessary to do this. Well, Gavin Newsom doesn't need to do this stuff. Screw this guy. Who cares if Panera has to pay their workers 20 bucks an hour? Like, why are you going to bat for him and doing this, this small town aldermanic thing? It it just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm always surprised at, where people are willing to take hits or on what hill they are willing to die because you know in politics you're playing you're playing a game and you are trying to manipulate that game so that people see more positives than negatives and what you don't do is you don't serve a negative up on a silver platter and here Gavin Newsom is basically cutting a deal not basically is cutting a deal specifically tailored for his high school buddy and donor, Greg Flynn. Again, I want to emphasize this rule. It's a minimum wage for fast food restaurants. You have to pay your workers $20 an hour, except for, quote, chains that bake bread and sell it as a standalone item. And this exemption is so narrowly tailored. It doesn't even include bagels. Bagels, it doesn't include croissants. That doesn't count as bread. So if you think, oh, Einstein's bagels, nope. Doesn't count because bagels don't count. Uh, Maybe they sell bread, too. But you get my point. You can't get out with the bagel exception. Also, you can't start making bread in order to skirt this minimum wage because you have to have been making bread and selling it as a standalone item by September 15th, 2023 in order to qualify. This rule may as well be called the Greg Flynn rule. And it's so unnecessary such an unnecessary hit for Gavin Newsom to take in the same way that, and I know it's different because this is actual, I mean, this is, you could argue corruption. I mean, I don't know if someone's going to take this to court because this does look and seem like straight up corruption, but it, it's an, it's such an unnecessary, stupid hit to take. Like, you know, when well, Joe Biden, like, I know this is not as big of a deal because it's one of his little lies, like a harmless lie. Like when he said I was at 
ground zero after September 11th the next day, but really he was there several days later. Which that's not even... Like, I, why would you... It's better than saying you were down there when you were never there at all, like Donald yeah, Trump did. but also, like, why, why make a little lie that doesn't matter? Just tell the truth. No one's going to care if you were there the second day or the fifth day. But this... This is such an unnecessary break to give to his super billionaire friend. Because it's such an it, – it, it's – it's I I tried to think of this from every potential angle. Okay, so why would baking bread matter in a fast food chain? Why would you say, okay, fast food chains, they have to adhere to this $20 uh, an hour minimum wage in, unless you bake bread. And, and the only thing I could think of that kind of – but it doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Like I'm about to tell you, and I think it sounds stupid, is because I guess you can only bake so much bread <laughs> per day, and then you run out and can't sell anymore, so then your yeah. your sales are capped. But Jimmy John's bakes bread. They bake their own bread. But do they sell it as a standalone? They don't you, sell it as a standalone. See, I don't think but, they so fall. You but, have but to the sell the bread as a standalone. The point is you can't run. I mean, I suppose you can run. Jimmy John's could run out of bread. So that doesn't that no, explanation yeah. doesn't even make any sense. It doesn't. So and, and I, the problem. Well, there are a number of problems with it, but one of them is that if you're looking at this, let's say you're Gavin Newsom, and you know that you're you're going to to implement this thing, mm-hmm. and you know that you've put this one little wrinkle into it, how do you not think? Okay, that's going to look weird. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to do this for my buddy. Arrogance? Are you just are you just hoping? That nobody will notice? Is it arrogance being above the law? Why do you go to French Laundry when the whole state is shut down? And I'm not equating the two, but what I am saying, there's got to be some element of arrogance that you think I'm above it because Bloomberg reached out to representatives of Panera who had no response to multiple requests for comments. Newsom's office and Flynn, Greg Flynn, declined to respond to any questions about why this exemption was there. Newsom and the SEIU declined to discuss who wrote the provision. Open records requests filled with the governor's office were denied. The California Assemblymember Chris Holden, who is the bill's lead author, had no insight into the exemption. Bloomberg reached out to person after person trying to get some some explanation, just a little explanation. They didn't even try to baloney sandwich their way into an explanation. All they did was say no comment. Now, do we know this is a this only applies to major fast food restaurants? Because we have a texter who says that there are hundreds, if not thousands, of Mexican bakeries in California. They do sell their bread in a storefront, so they would be considered fast food, but they're not major fast food. This sounds more mm-hmm. like, you know, a mom-and-pop kind of sh- kind of store. Right, and also, so, if that's the answer, make that your answer. Everyone is, would go, exactly oh, that's a great idea. This just is wholly unnecessary. And a complete lack of transparency isn't helping, I can tell you that. That's Amy Marks Coors. I'm Chris Ranji. And maybe you heard this week that there's an existing law in Missouri that prevents pregnant women from finalizing a divorce. Well, there are some lawmakers who want to change that. We're going to talk to one of them. Representative Ashley Ani from District 14 will be with us next on KMOX. Chris and Amy show on KMOX. I'm not sure I like my partner Amy right now. Well, you give me a here's real hard what we got to do. You got to spit truth in the commercial breaks. I guess that's what she's doing. She's insulting me. The uh, show goes on, though. 
And it is time to go to the Quiver River Electric guest line because, as we mentioned going into break, there there is a uh, Missouri law that's been on the books that prevents women who are pregnant to finalize a divorce while they are pregnant, which seems really antiquated. And there is an effort to get that changed. On the Quiver River Electric guest line this afternoon, Representative Ashley Awney out of District 14 is with us now on KMOX. We appreciate your time, Representative. How are you? Thanks for inviting me. I'm doing well, thanks. How are y'all doing today? We're doing okay. Uh, this law, when I heard about it a couple of days ago, it, it made the rounds on social media. Um, there is a story on it on KMOX.com. Um, how long have you known about this law? Because I had no idea. Yeah, it was brought to my attention um, about a year and a half ago, I think, uh, by an organization in Kansas City called Synergy Services. They um, support survivors of domestic violence in our area. Um, and when they told me, I was Lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I honestly couldn't believe it. <laughs> um, and so I, I filed this bill for the first time last year, and this year is the first time it got a hearing. And I will say, I'll just add, too, so people know, uh, because so much misinformation is promulgated on the Internet, there have been some viral posts that say, quote, Missouri just made it illegal for a pregnant woman to get divorced. And that's not what's happening here. This is an older law. As Ranj said, it's antiquated from 1973. And what you're doing, along with some of your colleagues, is working to get this provision of the law removed. That's correct. That's correct. This was passed in Missouri in the early 70s. Um, and, you know, to be fair to the folks who or, uh, who, who created the law, um, they, they were doing so in an effort to support uh, mothers and babies. Um, they wanted to make sure the way our statute is written, uh, we presume paternity in Missouri. So they wanted to make sure that um, if we're going to presume that the, um, that the husband is also the father, um, then we need to make sure that that person is adequately providing not only for um, the the baby, but for all the prenatal care um, and to make sure that we can, um, that judges can set up uh, custody and uh, child support and all of that. Um, however, it is 2024 and uh, families look a little bit different now, right? Um, women aren't always staying home and taking care of, of the kids. Um, women are in, put in, in bad situations like domestic violence situations, um, and, and there, are, there are reasons that divorces should be allowed to be finalized um, if the situation uh, requires it. Yeah. So you're saying those who drafted the law 50 years ago were doing so because they wanted to hold the fathers accountable in some way so that the woman wasn't left on her own with a child. And now that the cultural societal dynamics have changed, um, you're going to change that law to protect the women. Is there going to be other provisions? Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Um, to help keep the spirit of the protection for the mothers in place? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what I'm working on right now. So the language in my current bill is actually very, very simple right now. And it was brought to my attention by some family court judges 
um, that there are there might be a different way that we could approach the language. So I'm currently in the process of, of working through the details of changing that language um, and finalizing it to make sure that um, while we are able to finalize a divorce, we're also um, keeping in mind that we want um, we want mother and baby taken care of. Um, and and we're not forgetting all those other aspects of finalizing a divorce. We know that um, this is one of those, this is an election year, and a lot of times during an election year, things don't happen uh, or they move very, very slowly just because of various silly reasons. What is, what is the likelihood that this will be taken care of before the end of the year? You know, I, I wish I was more hopeful than I am. This, this bill has gotten so much attention, and I am so grateful for that. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I am a member of a super minority in Missouri um, in an election year. Um, not only that, but I'm a member of leadership. I'm running to be the next minority leader here in the state. Um, and there are just a million reasons why uh, the Republicans don't want to give me a win this this year. So uh, I'm not certain that it's going to um, get to the governor's desk. I certainly hope it does. I will do everything I can to make that happen. Um, but you know, the the political dynamics are dynamics are what they are, and um, you know, I just have to look at that. But does it have bipartisan support? Because it seems like it does. It does. I have two Republican co-sponsors. Um, so, you know, I, I think that most folks think, see this and, and think this is common sense. This is a good idea. Um, we, we need to make sure judges have this tool in their toolbox. Um, but there has been a little bit of pushback from the far right. And um, I don't think it's anything that I can't, um, you know, I can't get past. But um, it's, it's less about that and more about Republican leadership moving my bill through the process. Do you have any numbers or statistics about how this law could be hurting Missouri women? You know, I don't have any uh, specific statistics about Missouri women um, or or the folks who it, it could and will help. Um, but what I will say is that while this is something that was brought to my attention by uh, an organization that um, supports domestic violence survivors, um, I very much feel that this is a bill that uh, is for men and women. Um, I have actually heard countless stories of um, men um, who were serving our country overseas and whose wife got pregnant, um, and they weren't able to legally separate themselves from that person um, until uh, there was a baby in the picture, and that baby could not have possibly been um, his, oh, wow. right? So yeah. there, there are oh, men in situations who what. Yeah. Right, right. There are men in situations who, who want to get out of marriages, um, just as much as there are women in dangerous situations who want to get out of marriages. And so, um, you know, this is this is a, a law that I think will help both men and women. Um, and what I what I will say is that there are a lot of statistics around domestic violence and not only how that affects um, women in terms of trauma and the children who witness it, um, but it, it affects all sorts of things, including their ability to enter the job market or, um, you know, uh, make a living uh, wage. And, and so um, that affects generational income, right? That, that affects generational wealth and, and what we can provide for our children down the line. So this has ripple effects. Um, and, and I think that it's, it's just really important that we take a, a hard look at how we, how we address this issue at our courts. This story came up in right at the time that a lot of attention is being paid to Alabama and their decision, uh, their Supreme Court decision to halt the IVF uh, treatments. 
So is there concern that ultimately something like that will make its way to Missouri? And if there is, what can be done to, to push back against it? Yeah, there is a lot of concern. Um, we have some pretty concerning language in our stat, our state statute right now that um, leads me to believe that a, a Missouri court could potentially um, come up with the same thing that the Alabama court did. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that there's concern. Um, I can tell you Democrats have been filing bills um, around um, protecting IVF and having making sure insurance covers IVF. Um, and in fact, this week we saw from a, a Republican in the House that there was um, a, a bill introduced. Now, of course, um, I don't want to be too cynical, but this is a Republican who, who's terrified of, of losing his very purple seat um, because he barely won it last cycle. So, um, you know, I think that there may be some virtue signaling happening from the right right now because they they hear the rhetoric and they see how bad it is for the for the Republican Party to, to be on the wrong side of this issue. This is um, slightly different than the topic, I guess, of IVF and legality and all of that. But just kind of as I we started looking more at IVF because of the Alabama ruling, I didn't realize how much about IVF is kind of the Wild West, kind of in the same way that I think sperm banks are kind of the Wild West in the United States. Is there much talk among legislators about perhaps regulating it a bit more um, than it is right now? You know, I actually haven't heard anything about that um, here in Missouri. Um, I I know that, like I said, there have been a few bills introduced this this session, but um, and, and tomorrow is actually the last uh, day to you can file a bill in the Missouri legislature. So uh, my guess is that uh, we'll see a lot more bills filed next year to protect it. Um, but what I would also say is, is I really hope that um, we collect the signatures we need to get this ballot initiative um, on on the ballot this this fall, um, and uh, we won't have to worry nearly as much about protect, protecting reproductive rights and everything that goes along with that here in Missouri. Missouri Representative uh, Ashley Oni, we appreciate your time. Thank you for talking with us this afternoon. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Ashley Oni represents District 14 here in the state of Missouri. Um, yeah, like I said, I, I know this is slightly different than the topic of IVF being uh, banned or not banned, or if an embryo is considered a child, like the Alabama court implied with their ruling. This is slightly off of that. But I do wonder if it m- makes us as a society look at reproduction rights and look at like I said, even sperm banks saying, do we have enough regulation here? Because there is an ethical side of things. I, I was reading another story was the New York Times and then the AP about some of these guys going to sperm banks, getting money. But now they're the father of 300 children. And if some of those children are living in the same area, um, they could be dating their half-brothers. And again, I, I am not equating this at all to IVF. I'm just saying all of a sudden this whole world, right, right. kind of opened up. And, and I'm not looking at Alabama, but I'm just saying in general, because we wanted to talk about this as well. Just I, I know with IVF, maybe regulation could help secure it as well. Like even the rights of IVF, if you know if that's something you, you, know, you really feel strongly, you want to make sure IVF stays legal, Maybe healthy regulation would help it be yeah, there's, more there's stable as well. Nothing wrong with added insurance that something like what you're talking about doesn't happen. That's perfectly fine. What people are afraid of is that mm-hmm. the the rights 
are going to be taken away from them completely. And this all starts with the Dobbs decision. All of this goes back to that and all of the Although concerns. The, yes, but the yes and no, though, because Alabama didn't base any of their decision on Dobbs. This went back to laws that were passed in 2011 and then even before that. Well, Josh Hawley yesterday, or was it two days ago, he, he said about Tammy Duckworth's bill uh, because she proposed the IVF bill and it was shot down. Um, and he said, well, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there. A lot of it goes back to abortion, too. All of these things are tied into each other. There is yeah. there is one big umbrella of of reproductive rights for women and there being challenges to those rights, whether it's abortion, whether it's mm-hmm. this, you know, access to, to sperm and- banks, whatever it is that there's. There are legitimate reasons that women are concerned here. And there is zero consensus, even within the pro-life crowd, when it comes to IVF. There's, You know what I mean? Like pro-life, you you see a lot of pro-lifers, and a lot of pro-lifers will talk about conception or even some uh, who are on the pro-choice side or more moderate, what have you. But the IVF discussion, when we've talked about abortion nationally, nationally, you never hear IVF come into the discussion. No, you've never. But but what the but the and but I mean, but it is now. What I'm saying is, is, is now. I'm just surprised it hasn't come into the conversation before now. No, because I think people are too worried about stuff like simple contraception. Because yeah. now there's a belief they'll go after that too. Well, I also think there are some very outspoken politicians like Tommy Tuberville, who that guy. said like, "Oh, I think the Alabama ruling's great. We need more kids." And like, well, this could ban he, he, he IVF. Just, oh, well, then I'm not ready to give my opinion. What you mean you to tell me he about? didn't read it through? Uh, yeah. That guy. It, I I very mm. rarely say a guy should stick to sports because, well, I used to hear that my whole <laughs> life, but uh, that guy needs to stick to football. He needs to go back <laughs> to coaching or something. Dude, uh, it's Chris and Amy show on KMOX. It talks to you about the podcast. I don't know how this came up, but I was reminded of it somehow. Mm-hmm. The guy who was doing the podcast and he went into the uh, insane read, which, <laughs> yeah. all right, so I have the audio oh, of it man. now. Yep. And I want you to hear this, okay? So this was a, this is from a couple of years ago, right around the time, September 11th. It was the 20 or 21st anniversary of September 11th. This is Keith Pompey. And maybe if you're listening to the show, you've heard it already, but I'm guessing most people haven't. It's kind of awesome. So um, this is. Keith Pompey talking about talking about September 11th. Just let's let you hear it and how it plays out. Just to say it was a tough time in our history. And tomorrow is going to be an emotional day for a lot of us. I mean, the fact that you see kids 20-something now, never even knew their family members. You know, it's tough. But let me tell you something that's not tough. Not tough at all. And I'm talking about direct TV stream. Right? You know, does it sound familiar? You've got one device. He went from September 11th to a direct TV live commercial. (laughs) That's from the uh, Locked On 76ers podcast. So it's a basketball podcast. And he's trying to have a, a poignant moment talking about 9-11. He's, let's transition into a direct TV ad. Direct TV did come out with a statement saying, we feel yes. like it was inappropriate timing. We have no control over how 
They read our lives. It's so good. Oh my gosh. Wow. Did he I keep his it. job? Yeah, he's okay. Just he's bad timing. <laughs> really good stuff though. Very, very strong. Oh. All right, guys. Uh go back and get the Odyssey app and you can listen to anything you missed on the show today if you didn't. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 